This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fox Given, a guide to a BDSM. Hi, Reed. Hi, Florence. I'm excited about today's episode. So excited. We have been waiting to do this episode for so long. It's been one of our cursed episodes. There has been technical difficulties. I feel like the cursed episodes are the best though. We we get so much good out of them. And we're so excited for our amazing guest as we know her personally. Miss Erica Storm, a.k.a. Madam Storm, talking about BDSM. Oh, my God. We're so excited. We're going to go into, like, all the basics of BDSM, but then also we answer some of your listeners' questions because we asked you over on our Instagram. It is part of the Guide 2 series. So remember when we spoke about our first sex parties and all those tips? Mm -hmm. This one is about... BDSM instead. And also we're going to be doing a little dictionary over on our Instagram, on our socials. So go and check that out if you want to know what a flogger looks like, if you want to know what shibari is, it's all going to be over there. If you don't know a word, DM us and we'll put it in the dick so also if there's anything that you want us to chat about on our guide to series send us a dm on instagram you can find us at come curious at c-o-m-e curious should we get into the episode i think we should yeah let's bring her on Woo! Hello, Madame Storm is in the building. Hello, ladies. (laughs) It's so good to have you on here. Um, We've—it's been a long-awaited cursed episode because we've kept cancelling and rearranging, but we finally have you here. And please, for all the curious fuckers out there, who are you? Even though you need no introduction. Well, my name is Miss Erica Storm. And most people might know me as Madam mm. Storm, the international dominatrix and the founder of the Strut Masterclass. Um, and I teach women how to strut into their power. And I teach women how to become professional mistresses. I've gone through a rebrand, Ooh. Erica Storm, because for me, as I am evolving, business is evolving with me, right? And I'm quite authentic and I share everything with my clients. And I wanted to be more mm. vulnerable and I wanted people to feel more connected to me. That is why I dropped the madam. Oh, yes. Unless someone gets fresh and I'm like, no, no, darling, don't forget you're speaking to Madam Storm. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. <laughs> it's great fun to have all these different characters. That's beautiful. And she's still there. I would always be a dominatrix, but you know, I wanted to go more into the coaching side, which is why I decided to rebrand as Miss Erica Storm and launch the power of the pussy retreat. Oh my God. Woo! That sounds fantastic. Please tell us more about that. Yeah, so the Power of the Pussy Retreat is a safe space for women to come together to explore their sensuality and sexuality without any judgment. And I really wanted a full day of celebrating pussy power and educating women on what pussy power is and feeling comfortable with saying the word pussy and owning 
you know, our body parts. And I feel that so much shame has been put on to women that I just wanted to create a safe space where women could liberate themselves. And then um, I also mm. introduced them to my sensual yoga. It's it's really amazing. I'm, I'm really excited about it. You've done it yourself. Oh, You know yes. how powerful it is. We were so lucky that you invited us to a, a strut class years ago that we, we filmed and put on YouTube and we found you. Yeah through I can't even remember when it was I mean we know you as the mistress as the dominatrix you've also been on the TV as well which is incredible which Mm -hmm. is why we've invited you on because this is an episode all about the basics of of BDSM and we have so many listener questions for you it is unreal amazing I can't wait to jump into them Exciting news, curious fuckers. We're actually nominated for a Blogosphere Award. Say what? It would be so great if you could vote for us for the Sex and Relationships Creator of the Year. We haven't won an award for this yet. So, you know, we've been doing it for eight, nearly nine years. It would be really great to win. There are some awesome nominees. So every vote will help us out loads. You can find the link to vote in the description help us win so let's get into it let's start talking about bdsm but for everyone that doesn't know what is bdsm is it all bondage and pain or is there more to it than that for me personally i think bdsm is about Mm -hmm. psychology and power play that's how i would simplify it because i feel like Mm -hmm. We live in a world where everything has to be put in a box. And as you guys know, I fucking hate boxes. Mm. So I feel that you should take on BDSM and and have your own personal relationship with it. So for me personally, it's about power play and the psychology. It's the heartbeat of what we do. I've said it before. Anyone can fuck, but not anyone can fuck your mind. That is such a fucking turn on. That is it. That is it. Yes, that's literally it. But also, like, when when we talk about um, BDSM, like, what are we getting involved in the bedroom? Because it's power play, yes, but it also does involve a lot of different apparatus and stuff and it can do not necessarily mm, it's like we have the stereotype of what right. bdsm is and what we've right. been brought up to think it is and seeing it on the tv and and seeing it in the news absolutely and it's not all about you know like cold dungeons and whips and pain and that's why i said psychology and power play when i say it's psychology and it's about power play mm-hmm. I, f- I feel that within that area there's so much that we can explore Because like you rightfully said, we have been given this social script on what BDSM actually is. And my advice to anybody is don't get caught up in that. Explore it for what it is, whether that's you getting pegged, whether that's you being dominant with a strap on on, you know, whatever, whatever it is. It's for you to explore. For me, if it doesn't make your pussy say hello. then it's probably not for you. What's an example of BDSM without all the equipment? I can give you an example. Being being held down and tickled. Yeah. And how That's is like and how is that for you? Of BDSM anyway. How how is that experience for you? The best thing is better it's it's better than sex. It's my fetish. So it's better than sex. I've had it ever since I can remember, but I've only really recently in the past few years recognized that it's a fetish, not a kink. 
And what made you come to that realization? I guess just like being in this space more and not being afraid of it and not being ashamed of it enough to be able to do my own research and talk to people about it. Um, I think mainly the shame is is what made it hard because I repressed it for so long and so many years and I didn't tell anyone. So it's it's now like changed everything and I finally feel me. I feel like I'm finally giving off the real me. Amazing. There was never really a good way of me, like how to explain what I was into mm -hmm. sexually and what turned me on and what excited me. BDSM, even then the term BDSM was still like, it still felt off because I had that stereotype in my head. Even though when I think of BDSM and I search for BDSM and bondage in porn site, I'm like, yes, this turns me on more than like average regular mm -hmm. porn does, but there was still something off about it. Um, and I, get, I guess I think that was like, I get, there's, the, there's the stigma around BDSM of, oh, it's kind of what I imagined growing up. It's, ha it's how, you know how they perceive sex parties mm -hmm. and swingers on like channel four right. or something. And you're like, oh, they're all just like old weirdos, mm -hmm. which is not fair mm -hmm. to say. Um, and of course we're watching it from like um, a different perspective, but I felt the same way about BDSM. I was like, it's just for like old weirdos, mm. old perverts, but it's not. You see, for me, I've had a totally different experience because I worked as a professional, which is very different to having it in a personal relationship. So it was yeah. always in work. It was, it was never a crossover. I only explored this side of yeah. who I was in that sort of setting with my clients and i knew that it turned me on and i knew that i felt liberated but i didn't really connect it to oh this is my thing it was never that for me it was always from a i love making money from this this turns mm. me on i'm in love with power <laughs> and really exploring that part of my personality and it's not really until i would say a few years ago i'm like oh i kind of like this in my personal life too but before it was very cut off it was like this is what madam storm enjoys and that's work and, and that's what it was for me that's so interesting that is interesting and I, I never because it's also been in my work as well i've done i've, I've mm. been dominant i've done the dominatrix thing but i never sort of mm. saw that as almost a separation, even though, no, no, it was a separation mm. because what I did in my personal life was so separate from what I did in my mm. my work life, but there's still that finite link of, mm. I enjoy mm. this, but for very different reasons. Um, I don't know, for example, if you're not into feet, but your partner's like, please, can I suck your toes? Mm. You're like, I guess so, okay. Um, I kind of felt that with with work, like you get, you get something very different out of it that becomes enjoyable. But then when it's actually almost like hard coded, hard ingrained from, from when you were young and that's what your whole sexuality revolves around and that's all you watch on porn and all you think about and all you masturbate to. I don't know, it's, it, it, feel, it, it feel, I think I've separated yeah. them both in my head. And I've been so scared mm. of the real personal stuff, the work stuff I could hide behind. Mm. Be like, yeah, it's yeah, just for work. Right. Yeah, I'm just a sex worker. But mm. personal stuff, when I was like, I'm actually mm. gonna tell you what I'm into without holding back, without like all of the weird stuff, being completely mm. honest mm. about that is so terrifying, but so, so liberating. It's honestly life-changing. Yes.
congratulations and, and well done. I mean, I, I see women and I work with them and couples and I see this is, is something that's very, very common shame around your kinks, fetishes or desires or fantasies. And again, I'm just mm. going to go back to my yoga, right? It's about self-acceptance and it's about owning who you are and it's about feeling safe with yourself. And I think that in order for all of us to be empowered and, and happy and feel liberated, it just comes down to us really just taking a look in the mirror and saying, okay, what, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? A lot of it is us judging ourselves. Mm. If it does indeed feel uncomfortable for you, what is it? And write it down. Because I believe that when you write it down and you work through it, you could be like, oh, okay, it's because of my culture or it's because of my religious beliefs. That's why I think this and this is why I feel this way. So I feel like doing that self-work and reflecting is really important. I mean, that very much leads into our next question, which was like, how do you start and when do you start introducing BDSM into your sex life? So you're saying you really just need to do the internal work first rather than, rather than just sort of like, okay, like, look, I've got some toys. Can we try all this stuff out? And so there's, it's a bit of a slower process. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's different for different people as well. And I, and mm. I, want to really stress that it's different for, for everybody and i'd also like to highlight that when you get with your partner you may not have had any knowledge of these desires something could have happened and then you're like oh i liked that what is that and then you want to explore it for example i i'm not into porn but of lately I've realized that I really like the sound of people having sex. That's something mm. that I've just found out. So you can, yeah. as you grow, as you become yeah. older and you have different experiences and you try different things. That's cool. These things happen. So that's why I want people to go into it with an open mind without any judgment. There is no set rules. Yeah. There really isn't. If you're with somebody and you want to explore have a honest conversation with your partner or your lovers and say, this is what I like. But before you have that conversation, have the conversation with yourself first, because yeah. you have to be comfortable with what it is that you like. So you are prepared for that other person's response. Do you think that you like, if you're in a relationship and you want to get into BDSM, does your partner need to be into BDSM as well? Or is there a sort of, is there a place where two people can be into very different things and it, it work out? Yeah, I believe so. But again, it depends on their sort of relationship. I, look, I worked as a dominatrix for over 12 years. These men were in relationships with people who weren't into mm. BDSM. Hence the reason why mm -hmm. I had a professional for so many years okay yeah, and then yeah. you have some relationships where the person whether that be whoever it is in that relationship mm -hmm. who says look this is what i'm into and their partner goes you know what that's fine i'm not into that but please go and explore so you may be in one yeah. of those kinds of situations it, i feel like it works if you can get that satisfaction and what you need elsewhere but i don't know if it works if if they're like I'm not into that and I don't ever want to try it. I don't know if I could cope in that situation. Yes, yeah. yes. I don't know if I could be in a relationship where no one was 
up for kind of like exploration in BDSM types of way mm. even if it was because like you said it could be mm-hmm. so simple it could be just like just the power play in the bedroom if I didn't have any elements of that mm-hmm. then it would mm-hmm. really shake that relationship a lot and I know people are afraid of it as well or cautious yes. or worried but it's it's just mm. having the ability to be like okay, I don't feel comfortable with this, but I want to try. That's all you need. Even a straight up no, I'm like, well, what are you hiding? Yes. What are you running from? <laughs> but the thing is, right, Reed, because I work with, with couples, right? It is okay for the person to say, that is not for me. They don't have to try it. They don't have to like it. They don't have to want it. That's also empowering. Yeah. It's yeah. also empowering to know what you don't like. And no yeah. one should make anyone feel like they have to explore something that's not what i'm here for and that's not what i believe bdsm is Mm, you're right it's a very good lesson because i think i definitely run too thick on it's my way or the highway and i have impatience and i don't want to wait but i can't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do and i have to give them that space we have to give them that Mm. space it's too easy I think it's like it, that it shows a lot of self-restraint, which I don't often always have. Um, so, yeah, trying really hard to just be like, OK, you don't have to do these things. You're not obligated, even though, I don't know, we're together, we're in a relationship. Um, not a comment on Sam. He's fucking great and is up for like bloody everything. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, just to give them that time and that space and empower them by saying you don't have to be into this either. Mm, abs- absolutely. But, uh, but it, this is a deal breaker for me or I would appreciate it if you tried and if it's not for you, then that's Yeah, you and you know, one of the advice that I give to couples when I'm working with them is go on this journey together. So one party might have done some research before and they know all this stuff and it's like, okay, slow it down a bit. Bring your partner on the journey with you. Like, make it fun and be like, look, babe, let's just go down to the sex store. Let's see if there's anything that we would like to explore. A new fun journey of just exploring different ways that you can be intimate with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you think that BDSM in porn and BDSM in real life is like a fair comparison. Do you think there's a like a big difference to what we see online when we search BDSM? Because I think obviously if like, if you're interested in getting to know it, the first place people look is the internet and like going into porn and saying, okay, like, is this what I'm gonna be doing? And, and that's where they get their inspiration from. Is that what we should be doing? Do you know what I find? Fascinating, Florence. And what absolutely Mm. blows my mind is that when we watch a movie of any kind, do we actually think that that is what life is like when we watch a movie? (laughs) Yeah. Are we aware that these people are actors and actresses? (laughs) Are we aware of that? Because, you know, that's why, you know, when I did my documentary... That is why I was like, yeah, I, I will, I'm down for doing this documentary because it's a documentary. So it's, it's supposed mm. to be real life, right? I yeah. think that we need to look at things for what they are. A movie is a movie. We, we, we understand that these are actors and actresses. I believe that yeah. porn is, is also a movie, is it not? Is it not actors and actresses? Is it not stage? Yeah, it Do they not have it a star is. and this time? Do they not have yeah. an editor? Do they not have a cut and go? So what the fuck are we talking about mm-hmm. here? But what I would counter argue that statement was is that you are mm. so right, is that it is mm. all production, but 
when you are horny, when you're masturbating and when you want to watch a video, you don't want to believe mm. that it's fake. Otherwise it ruins the enjoyment of the whole thing. You want to believe wholeheartedly that that situation mm. is real. And so as soon mm. as you get a hint of, I don't know, like, oh, stepmom fucks his stepson and it's not real, mm. then it ruins mm. the, the turn on for you. But that's okay in that, that's, that, that's okay in that moment. I think we need to take a bit of responsibility for, for ourselves as intelligent beings, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. In that moment, that's fine. But you can't watch porn and, and see that as an educational platform. If you want to masturbate to it, that's great. You're in that fantasy, you're in that world. As a dominatrix, when I used to have clients come in, as soon as they come through the door, we're playing. We, it's consensual. There, there's there's a there's yeah. a thin line. There's a line like, you're my madam. This is role play. Yeah. Okay? So it's actually just really, it's really different in real life because there's so much more to the situation because you're talking about consent, you're agreeing loads of things before the actual act. But when you see Absolutely. the point, you see that bit. A massive, and this is why I think what you ladies do is great. Yeah, we have like a massive lack of education around porn. Okay, so listen, listeners, it's not real, listeners. <laughs> it is not real, <laughs> listeners. I repeat, it is not real. <laughs> We, we we started talking about kind of consent and the things that go on behind the scenes in mm -hmm. porn. So let's let's talk about how do we keep BDSM safe, both physically and mentally. Yeah. So for me personally, when I'm with my clients, I always check in. Before my clients come to see me, they have to fill out a medical form. A safe word is used. So a safe word is a word which means to stop. There, mm -hmm. you can use a word like strawberries, or you can use a traffic light system. Um, and one of the main things when I'm working with, with couples or even individuals, it's like, oh, how do I tell them that I don't like it without spoiling the mood? So having a safe word is a great way to use it to not, you know, quote unquote, spoil the mood and letting your partner know that it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and also it's the respect right when you use when you use those safe words when you use that type of language you can can learn each other's boundaries and then begin to play like you almost know them off by heart when you know when to stop before they've even said anything but that takes that Absolutely. takes time to get there and the more that you play and the more experience you get the more your sub will go into subspace because it is all about mm. trust my clients know that I would never take them to a place that they don't want to be at. They know they're safe mm -hmm. with me. And actually that's part of the play to, yeah. to feel so alive and so liberated and to feel comfortable enough, first of all, to be there. You know, you've, you've gone through the, I've accepted my, this is my thing. You've now gone, you're now having this amazing experience, but now you could just let yourself go, yeah. knowing that this other person is going to keep you safe. And don't we all want that? Yeah, we all want to be it. safe, yeah. don't we? Yeah, that's literally it. And when you find that safety, you're just like, you can go to those limits and you know what, you can even be pushed past those limits, but when you know you are truly safe, mm. then those limits are like, they, they can change and expand and you can go even further than you ever thought you could Absolutely. because of that trust. And that's Absolutely. just like orgasmic in itself. 
You have to communicate on both ends as well, though, because to create that trust, yeah. you need the trust between the submissive and the dominant. So you both need to be like, you need to have all the conversations mm-hmm. beforehand, but then also be able to just say things during. And there's never like a bad point to say things, I think. And that's, you know, communication mm-hmm. is how you keep safe physically and and mentally as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, um, BDSM just doesn't start in the mm-hmm. bedroom. It can start well mm-hmm. before that. It's a conversation you have. It's you you talk about it on the first date about what you enjoy mm-hmm. or don't enjoy mm-hmm. in the bedroom and it's it's something that you communicate with from from you know it's like pre during and post mm. and those all of that space is really important especially if it's the first couple of times that you are experimenting with BDSM mm. and with new things mm. until again you do it enough times with mm. that one person mm. to really not have to say the pre during and post communication mm. but even even now even with Sam that we're communicating constantly mm, love throughout that. And that doesn't have to be verbal either yes. that can be it can be physical it can be mm. um, a tap and he knows like the difference in the way I'm looking at him if I'm enjoying something or if something's too far just by mm. looking at my eyes and mm. he's like right okay let's do you need a break and I'm like yeah right. I need a break you know and that takes time yeah. to do oh. <laughs> Just to move on, how how do we provide adequate aftercare to both subs and doms? Mm. It's really important when I when I'm teaching in my classes, make sure that you bring your subs back down. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're going on a journey. So whether you're in a one hour session, two hour session, or you're with your partner and you can feel it's coming to that natural end, you have to wind them down. You have to bring them back down again. Reassure them that they're safe. You know, for an example, if it's in a professional setting, I would say, okay, Pat, you've had a lovely time today, haven't you? And he'd be like, yes, okay. What do you say? Then he will say, thank you. Then I might strike to show, you know, stroke him. That's a good boy or good girl. Okay, I'm going to unstrap you now. Okay, we're going to count down to five, nice and slowly. You know, and I, and I bring them back down to earth. Mm. It's important. When we're professionals, the natural end isn't intercourse, okay? We don't have sex. For me, I don't want them just rushing out the door into, you know, the streets mm. and not feeling safe. They have to feel grounded. I think you touched mm. on this earlier, my darling, about, you know, this social script of BDSM being this dark thing when actually it has a spiritual side to it and it's, and it's energy and being mm. a goddess and that divine feminine energy. So you can't bring someone mm. into that spiritual divine world and then just snap them out of it. You have a responsibility to bring them down. That's amazing advice because when you're in that subspace and it's really hard to vocalize or to really know what you want to do or who you are or what's going on afterwards. So just having somebody to be there with you. I mean, there have been sex sessions I've had where all of a sudden Mm. it was like, okay, that was it. Like leave the hotel room, done. And it's just felt so weird. It's felt like almost like, you know, you've ripped off all communication. Absolutely. What do you need? That's where a lot of shame can start to creep in and feeling dirty and feeling uncomfortable and feeling used, right? Because you didn't fully receive everything that you need in order to feel empowered and satisfied. And satisfied isn't just having an orgasm. Satisfied mentally, because this is where it all starts. 
sex and sexual stimuli starts in the mind because your pussy mm-hmm. can get wet you might still not want to have intercourse okay they're two separate things what do we mentally need to really feel fulfilled in this situation what do what do doms need for aftercare money no I'm joking <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean that helps. <laughs> um again for me as a as a professional as long as I have felt empowered in my session that's all I need. As long as my mm. sub has enjoyed their experience that's all I need. With submissives and with dominance you almost it's it's a red flag if they don't have limits or safe words you want to be able to make sure that both of you have have a you know a point that's too much for both Mm -hmm. of you um and it's the same i i I have to respect as a submissive that some people who are dominant need space instead of yes as much as you can give Mm. me the aftercare but maybe you don't want to sit and cuddle for hours afterwards maybe you literally just need your own space and that is your aftercare and for me to not be pestering you because it's such Mm -hmm. an exertion of energy Mm -hmm. being dominant um and being in control of a situation that Mm -hmm. it might just be too much and you might just be like okay i need a moment to myself and that absolutely yeah and for me like i said because in the professional setting is very very different like my subs you know the only the only subs that are allowed to hug me are my personal pets um Mm. because they're my personal subs because there's still that power play there's still that dynamic so you can have a glass of water but i'm not here to serve you Mm-hmm. And that is where the skill comes into it. So you still see me as a dominant and you still feel safe and I'm still giving you aftercare and I'm still checking in with you, but the power play is still there. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I suppose it's like we're working, we're dealing with two different things of the personal play and then the work play. Um, for people who want to play with quite um, extremes like CNC, which is consensual, non-consensual play, especially in the bedroom when it's personal, not necessarily like work. Do you have much advice to go around that and how to make the environment safe? Especially if they can't physically talk. Yes. If they can't physically physically talk, they have to have some sort of hand gesture. If you are new to playing and it's a new partner, I would not advise you to have them gagged, for example. Okay, it's important for you both to get used to one another, first and foremost, okay? If you are experienced and now you want to gag, great, but make sure there's a hand gesture, okay? Thumbs Mm -hmm. up, thumbs down. If that is the case, the dom has to be very responsible because you have to be constantly checking in Mm -hmm. visually. Yeah. Right? To make sure that you haven't missed their cue. Make sure the environment is right for both of you. And communication. I know it sounds so simple. And I say this in every single interview. And I've done hundreds. And it's the same thing. Communication really is key. And be honest with yourself. Honest with your partner. And do not judge yourself. And be mindful on how you respond to your partner also. Very, very important. Mm. Make sure you give one another the space to say Mm. yes or to say no. Yeah. It's all baby steps, right? I feel like we're coming in 
quite you know experienced mm-hmm. it's a lot we're thinking at the moment of all those bdsm scenes that you come across mm-hmm. on porn and it seems so extreme but when when you're doing it in your personal life you're doing it with your partner you're trying it for the first time it's it's baby steps you start off small and you build on that mm. so it's um asking things like oh would you mind putting your hand around my throat oh no don't put it there can you put it up higher mm-hmm. um would you mind just holding my arms above my mm-hmm. head it's just these little questions and you're figuring out how they react how you react how easy it is how absolutely right it feels. um and then until you get to a point where yeah you are blind mm. and gagged yeah and, doing like and crazy also feedback scenes but you, you, it, yeah it for takes sure time and practice yeah for sure it takes practice yes. and like i said you know approach it with no judgment and feedback as well you know it's important to have that conversation afterwards i always encourage my couples to start off by saying do you know what babes i really love the way you pulled my hair Mm. but could you just make the grip a bit tighter again we mustn't just assume just because we want something done to us that our partner would feel comfortable to do that this is turning me on this episode oh florence darling don't let me send you my cash app dls now florence So we have some amazing listener questions for you. We put them out on our stories and asked our Instagram audience, what would you like to ask your beautiful self? Mm -hmm. So I'll kick it off with, are expensive toys essential? What toys would you recommend starting with? No, it doesn't have to be expensive. But again, what you want to buy will depend on what you're into rubber gloves oh, nice. um, peg clothing pegs right you, those are great on the nipples you know dusters you know they're, they're, that's great for play i would say if you want to do bondage get proper rope don't go down to yeah. b&q and get that awful rope because it doesn't feel very nice on your skin so do get professional rope um another question that always gets asked is can i buy normal candles for candle play the answer is i've never used professional candles out of my 12 years of working as a professional dom um other dominatrixes have said to me and other clients wow. have actually said they prefer normal domestic That's candles so because they're not so oily and it doesn't ruin their clothes yeah. in terms of flogging it's really good to get a good quality flogger because you don't want the tassels falling out do so you want you want a good quality flogger and when it comes to cp mm-hmm. which is corporal punishment i do believe in investing in a good paddle a good cane um, because you know canes can split Um, And that's quite dangerous. So I always say invest in a good flogger, invest in a good um, paddle. When it comes to things like electric play, invest in a good electric box, Um, invest in a good sex swing. I'm I'm just stating the obvious now because, you know, when you're on there, you don't want it fucking falling down. (laughs) So you want to make sure you have a good, sturdy sex swing. I do feel like when people are experimenting with buying stuff for BDSM, whether or not it's like harnesses and, you know, under the mattress bondage and toys like that, people do Mm. tend to go cheap because they're worried that if they Mm. spend a lot of money and they never use it again, it's a waste. I don't think you're ever going to regret investing something that's high quality. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also depends on like what you're into. There is so, I have so many items of bondage that I'm never going to use. Like, you know, something you put in the Mm. door that you hang from, that's not comfortable for me. Mm. I don't enjoy that, but it was fine buying that cheap and figuring out that I didn't like it. 
Um, and then stuff that I have liked where I bought cheap set like, under the under the mattress set of bondage and that's come yeah. apart when I've pulled it, then I will now invest in something bigger and better because I know I love it and I will use it again. When you buy something, when you buy a good flogger, you feel the difference. Ooh. You're like, oh, oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the next question is, can you practice BDSM alone or is it just for partnered sex? It depends. It depends. I mean, I love shibari and I do shibari by myself. I I can do it blindfolded. Amazing. Um, But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, it depends what you're getting out of it. For me personally, power turns me on so i'm gonna say it's down to interpretation yeah i would say the same thing for myself yeah and and who are we to tell you whether something feels empowering to you or not if that's Mm -hmm. what feels good for you do that you don't need to ask me for permission you don't need to ask anyone for permission do what feels good for you as long as you're keeping your say yourself safe and others around you safe do what feels good for you next question I'm a cis female who wants to be dominant, but I'm worried I'll come across too intense for men. Help. (laughs) Okay. When she says she will come across too dominant for men, when you're a dom, the sub wants to feel intimidated. Again, as long as you know what they like and what they don't like, as long as you keep within those boundaries, then you're good to go. Yeah, and you have to find the right partners, right? Yeah, and again, I, I feel like a lot of it is self-judgment. You know, we spoke about that earlier. It's like, you're not going to know until you do it. You know, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be too intense, but what what's too intense? And what's too intense for John might not be too intense for, for James, you know? So let's not get stuck in our own fear and let's not get stuck in our own self-judgment and allow ourselves to explore in a safe, consensual way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can also do, it doesn't have to be intense dom, like maybe you think about, like one of my favorite dominances, like mummy dom is caring dom, is like cooing and sensual, and no, you're gonna do exactly what I say in the way that I want. There are so many different types of dom dominating people. So Absolutely, yeah, it's just about yeah. communicating. And that's why we need to just, explore this yeah. without any self-judgment so this person saying you know I, i'm afraid i'm going to be too intense sh- just let that go yeah and if those men do find you too intense then goodbye yeah jog on <laughs> what are your top tips for when you're starting to explore bdsm what are like the the main pointers just to cover everything that we've spoken about self-acceptance accept what you like do the work and reflect on how it makes you feel if there's shame that comes up don't then hide behind that because that creates more shame explore that you know go and seek advice you can you can contact me you can contact florence read speak to other people accept what it is that you like yeah reflect on what makes you feel uncomfortable and be safe yeah they, they will be my top yeah. tips. And communication is key. <laughs> like what you like. Yes. Like what you like. Mm-hmm. Yes. And don't give two shit. No shame. No. And half the time no shame, isn't even no judgment. No. <laughs> it's all amazing and sexy. It's, yeah. 
Wonderful. Honestly, Erica, you've been incredible. Thank you for all your amazing advice. If we could have you here longer, we would. Um, can you let our curious fuckers know exactly where to find you? <laughs> curious fuckers, you can find me <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> at Madam Storm Official, and my website is MissEricaStorm.co.uk. We have the Power of the Pussy Retreat, which is on the third of September. It's for Volvo only owners only. It's Ooh. in a private studio in Deptford. So I would love for you both to come down and check that out uh, and I just quickly want to speak about the Yoni Circle which starts on the 30th of September again it's in a private yoga space where I take you and guide you on this transformative journey of self-acceptance we explore kinks desires fetishes and it's just a place for you to explore your sexuality and your femininity without any judgment and you get group coaching and sensual mm. yoga so it it really is a treat. That sounds incredible. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, please just tell your friends. Um, just share it wide and proud. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram at ComeCurious, as well as my personal account, ReadAmpX, and Florence's Florence Bark. And as always, remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast because it really does help us get into more people's ears, which is the point of all of these conversations. It's just just to spread the word. So we will see you next Thursday, Curious Fuckers. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.